Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour. Jameson Rogers, welcome to Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here, Mel. Yeah, man. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this podcast because uh, this is now the uh, the first time I've gone more than one episode with the same name. Hmm. Pretty impressive. We are really, uh, really committing, you know? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you're like a year. How how far are you into the podcast now? Where just this is the first time you've had two of the same. Uh, it's over a year. We started uh, August of 2019. So, yeah. I feel honored to be the first. Uh, first yeah, guest. You're, you're my first. On... And and who was the guest on the last? Uh, it was Gilly. Episode that had this. Gilly, that's Gilly, right. Yeah. Hell so yeah, Pinoc uh, named it uh, for, and then we 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 started it with Gilly, and Gilly uh, he he loved it. It was the first time a comic actually liked the name of the podcast. That's the very first time. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was interesting. It seems I I don't know if maybe just like Columbus comics are all like you know disagreeable assholes or something, but no comic has ever liked a name that I, that, that I've picked. Yeah, I mean, all comics, all Columbus comics at least are disagreeable assholes, except for Gilly, actually. (laughs) That actually checks out. Yeah, man, Gilly is, uh, he's a sweet person, man. I I didn't know him much before the the interview, and we got to know each other, and now we're tight. He's the best, man. (laughs) I remember how I, we were doing a roast battle one time. I wasn't, like, against Gilly, but I just, like, you know, when you're doing a roast, you just kind of go around the room at a certain point. Just like, and I just remember I said, I'd say something about Gilly, but I'm pretty sure he's a figment of my imagination. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just like appears when you need him. That's the thing about Gilly. I love that dude so much. Yeah, he's tight. He's tight. That was a great interview, man. You know, I was the I I had known you long before I saw you do stand up actually, because you're always uh, around the scene and stuff. And then yeah. and then I saw this uh, this your stand up and this uh, this fucking beatboxing is so it's it it's such a mood man. <laughs> it is such a mood. Like what what where did you come up with that concept? Well, okay. Uh, so when I was in high school, I just did that a lot. You know, uh, it's just like in the back of the room, just because everybody else was doing it pretty much. And so I was like, oh, let me see if I can do that. But like the when I first started incorporating it into my act, it was basically because uh, I have like ADHD, like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> and yeah. I needed like initially it was like I need an extra second. I'm just gonna make some noise while I think about what this next joke is, and then it just started working. So oh, I was like, yeah. okay, well I guess it's part of it now. So now I just like to do, you know, just do that throughout the act a little bit, kind of keep people on their toes a little bit. It really does work because it actually takes the place of a laugh break for you, I feel like. What's that supposed to mean, man? I'm just kidding. No, I mean, like, you know how comics usually, like, Instead give of laughing, a pause? Sometimes people laugh, but you just make noises so they don't have to. No, 
no, no, no, no. What I'm saying, yeah, I no, I didn't mean it that way at all. What I mean is, like, usually you just pause, right, and let right. them finish yeah, their yeah. laugh. But you don't, they're laughing and you're beatboxing. It's okay for them to continue laughing, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah. I just like to keep the momentum going. So it's just like, so, you know, your eyes stay affixed to mine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun, man. <laughs> I'm also curious uh, about the, uh, the the profile picture uh, with the vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> what's the story yep. what's the story behind that shit <laughs> well that was originally um there was um there was an actual wolf sketch that uh i believe dan loper wrote and in the script it says that like my character revealed uh a poster of me holding a vacuum cleaner and so like like we read the sketch at the read through or whatever it's like man okay this is pretty funny and dan's like all right well i guess i gotta get this this poster made and he said jameson could you just like send me a picture of you with a vacuum cleaner and i was like okay so i took my shirt off i like sat in my living room just put on a super goofy face and like we've got we've milked so much out of it like it's shown up in like three different sketches it lives in my house now that whole poster my girlfriend made a puzzle of it it's it's awesome it's really it's it's a hilarious picture and it sounds like it's got legs oh we had so much fun like in 2019 i had so much fun just like changing my profile picture just little by little adding different elements to it (laughs) like keeping the same one but i think like i've just been gas masked pandemic jameson with wolves on my nipples for like a good since march i guess (laughs) fair enough you guys put out the uh that pilot for cult classic actual wolves did that last that was last year right uh we i think we wrote it like three years ago, and we filmed it over the past two years, and uh, we just, just had it in a festival. It's like when was so. that was just recently then? Uh, yeah, I was just in the festival. Let's see, that must have been, I think, uh, August. Is that right? You know what? That sounds right. Yeah, because uh, I remember I remember seeing it uh, when you guys you guys uh, did a. Uh, showed a, a clip of it, I believe, uh, on one of your uh, yes, one of your I actual show wolves shows, we right? At, um, Comedy Town with Dustin Meadows and yep. Luke Swisher and uh, Ryan Branch. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was at that show. That there. Yeah, that was tight. And so, what's that like? You're taking shows to festivals now, dude. That sounds so rad. It's fucking awesome, man. And I was thinking about it today. Uh, a year ago, at this time, like we were in New York for the New York Sketch Fest. And because like we got in, you know, miraculously and we were able to to do a show in New York and it was fucking awesome. And it's it's so weird to think about that. And like the year we've had between now and then. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Actually, we should back up for anybody that's not familiar. Uh, what What's Actual Wolves? Actual Wolves is a sketch comedy group slash. I don't know why I said slash. I think we're a sketch comedy group. <laughs> like, but you know, like we've been uh, doing more and more film projects recently, doing a lot of festivals and stuff. Yeah, um, we've won some awards for different shorts, and finally, this pilot is the uh, the longest thing we've done. But you know, we plan on keeping keeping going with that. So yeah. Well, if you're not yeah, if you're not hip to actual wolves, definitely get on and follow uh, them on Facebook and all the uh, socials and all that stuff because they're putting out. You guys are putting out uh, these uh, live streams, or well, not live streams, but you're putting out these uh, shows like these pandemic shows, right? Right. Yeah. Like uh, 
we the the thing is uh what is it march 13th is when everything shut down and march 13th is like when we had a show scheduled at uh at our venue and we ended up dropping out of that because like the venue was not super comfortable doing stuff we weren't super comfortable doing stuff but we ended up doing a live stream and so uh so from then on we've just been doing whatever we can to safely shoot sketches and still produce content you know to put out for people and yeah. that's been nice it, it, it's cool to have already had the experience shooting videos and stuff with this group of people and we already work well together it, it was good to have that going into the pandemic you know you guys and you're doing such it's so goddamn funny and it's so well done it just looks beautiful it's so good it's so fucking funny i just i can't suck y'all's dick enough you know well yeah well let, let me finish at least <laughs> go on <laughs> but you said uh, something about uh, visually just shout out georgia loper she just kind of became our prime director at a certain point she oh fantastic killing. yeah so she yeah she directed the pilot i believe that was the first thing that she had directed at all and now she just she's our go-to person how many people is in the is in the whole group oh dude oh there's been so many like let me think of who's in it now okay so right now we've got uh me georgia loper dan loper Tom Plute, got uh, James Wagner, very funny uh, writer and actor. Mitch Rose, amazing. Yeah. That dude is yeah. so incredibly funny. R.G. Barton, another uh, uh, younger guy, very funny. Roxy Nepp, you may know her as uh, R. Nipple. She does yep. uh, some great music videos, and she does. she's a drag king. Amazing. Like it's, yeah. it's a really good group of people right now. Mary Matthews, another stand-up comedian, very, very funny. Nick Glasser as well. Of course, uh, of course, host. yeah. Yeah, and we also have had uh, some uh, actual Wolves alum on the show with uh, with Olivia yeah. Olivia Smith. Right. Yeah. I, I I miss working with her so much. She was so much fun to work with. She's so funny and she's such a good writer. Just like any any time you were in a sketch of hers, it was just like it felt like a treat. You know. She's one of my favorite people. I love Olivia. Me too, man. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's fucking really rad. I was actually like looking up uh, the whole pilot and everything, you know, before this show. And I thought it was interesting that you have I found that you have an IMDb page. Yeah, but not for cult classic. No, not yet. We're just uh, <laughs> doing the festival circus circuit for that one. No, no. But you do have an IMDb page. That's true. <laughs> for uh for killer raccoons 2 dark christmas, dark christmas in, the dark. in the dark yeah that's right <laughs> my first imdb credit was uh was the number one comedy in america this summer for a minute actually <laughs> wait was that released in the summer yeah it was like summertime that they released it and just because of the way everything has gone it just ended up being the number one original comedy in America. <laughs> wait, <laughs> you're, yep. wait, you're serious? Because no God, other, dude, there was no like, competition you know, only for a little while or whatever. Because I think like they were, <laughs> and it, people weren't like feeling great about releasing things in theaters, so there was just kind of like rerunning old stuff, and then like what Killer Raccoons too, Dark Christmas in the Dark. Shout out Travis Irvine, director yeah. of that movie, former gubernatorial candidate. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's amazing. What was this ranking by? What who was the who was the people saying that? 
I don't know. Like, there's, a, I, I could find an article online. Uh, there's like a YouTube video of some local news station. It's just like, I don't know how it happened, but Killer Raccoons <laughs> too. Dark Christmas in the Dark. Most <laughs> successful comedy in America right now. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh my God. Oh that my is God, so dude. funny. I got such a thrill out of that, too. <laughs> Dude. And it's a really fun movie. It's goofy as all hell, but it's it's a fun time. <laughs> and that that was uh, that's and that's Travis Irvine's baby, right? He directed. Yes, did he write yeah. it? Yeah, he wrote it as well. All right, so you were you were just there to act. Yep. Turn on your chops. Yeah, I, play, man, I, I play a ticket agent, uh, but I have a name tag in it, so my name is James. So that's pretty good. Huh? They just took like two letters off, huh? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. I brought my own name tag, and then he had some scissors, and that's how it worked out. <laughs> you know, I think you're the only Jameson I know. Is that right? Is that yeah. is that weird? Do you do you ever run into Jamesons? No, I don't know a lot of James. I've met. Uh, I think I've met like five Jamesons in my life, and two of them were dogs. So. <laughs> That's not a funny. super common name. I only run into very few Melvins. It's a, it's, it's kind of an unusual name. I think we've talked about this before, but there's a brewery called Melvin Brewery that is fucking fantastic, by the way. Is that right? Absolutely, dude. They have one called Chiger Style. It's like it's this Wu Tang beer, and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that one, but I usually do like hear about Melvin, anything Melvin related. I bet, yeah. So, do do you hate uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey, then? Dude, I quote it all the time. Like, yeah, I'm a four, I'm a frontwards wedgie, dude. Like, that's my that's my heritage. What the Melvin? Yeah, Melvin. And then uh, Toxic <laughs> Avenger, of course. Toxic Avenger, yeah. Yeah, his yeah, name is course. Melvin, right? And honestly, every nerdy character in all of culture, pop culture, growing up was named Melvin. Yeah. Like is it a it family was, name? Yeah, it is. My dad was named Melvin, and he was named after his uncle Melvin, who I think died of alcoholism or some shit. So it's a, yeah, I've got great history. You ever think about going by Vinny? Oh, no. I, I definitely actually, I took that up uh, in, uh, I want to say grade school. I tried to give it a whirl. Didn't take. Didn't work out for you? Didn't take. Yeah. Same thing. It was funny. Uh, I think it was my, sixth grade like first day of sixth grade i remember sitting in band class and i was like now's my time like i'm in middle school i can reinvent myself i don't have to be jameson all the time so i was like i'm gonna be jay because everybody like everybody's jay everybody's fine with jay nobody ever has uh trouble pronouncing that or anything yeah i remember i told like my band teacher like jay just call me jay you know and then like the next day in class he called jay like six times then he was like i'm just gonna call you jameson i was like what i am i i can't i can't complain though it's a it's a fucking cool name i've got it is a cool name man it is yeah Yeah. people made like porn star jokes all the time in high school and then eventually it became alcohol jokes and yeah and it just grows with you yeah yeah (laughs) like oh like jenna jameson like nope Dude, I, I was uh, I was talking to Travis Haywiser the other day, and he said mm-hmm. he's got my name in his book. Oh, you yeah? heard about his name book? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had a picture uh, submitted at one point in time, but I never sent him a high quality one. You want to give him a call? Absolutely. All right, man. Let's let's go talk. Uh, let's go talk the names and shit. Yo, Travis Haywisher, how you doing, man? What's up, y'all? Well, Jameson, I got Jameson here with me. 
And uh, yeah, we were just talking about names. I understand you're now a uh, a, a fucking uh, <laughs> professional at, at, at names, some kind of expert, if you will. Yes, I'm now a published author based on uh, my silly obsession with uh, making people own their names or making fun of names. So yes, I think Jim. You know what? I think Jameson's in the book. But <laughs> oh, I don't, I, think yeah, I don't know if I made it name. in or not. I forget. I don't think. You know what? Melvin did. You got. Yeah. You got me. I in actually there? just made sure. Here's the weird part: is that like I literally just skimmed through it before we before we jumped on, because I kind of wrote it and blacked out. And I don't mean a booze based <laughs> blackout. I just mean like I just literally went on a joke sprint for like five or six hours, a couple of different days. And then just shipped it off and was just like, is this funny? And the publisher was like, yeah, this is great. I was like, okay, I'll do more. <laughs> so I sort of like got a little bit like joke blind kind of while writing it. So I had a little bit of a panic moment. I was like, I hope it's fucking good. So anyway, I just flipped through it before I talked to you and I saw Melvin. And I believe the joke was, uh, I want to see a baby named Melvin just to know whether they exist or not before the age 50. <laughs> So most of the jokes are like that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like the only Melvins I ever meet are this, and this is true, either Jewish or black, and born in the fifties. Yep. Yeah, that checks out. So really, the really the, the the core like part of the book is just me kind of like zeroing in on a name and being like, this is what I picture them to be. <laughs> you know, like. It's just always this notion. It actually started with a stand-up bit. Like there, I mean, I'll, I could take you through more of like how it got here, which I'm sure you'll ask about. But like, the easy place to start is I used to tell a joke about just like, why did I go to school with like 14 to 18 Eric's, but somehow I've never heard anybody say I got to go to my grandpa Eric's house. <laughs> so I'm like, what do they do with them? And I was like, and I've never met a Pam under 44. So I'm like. Is the government replacing our Eric's with Pam's? Like, is there just some fucking desert pit full of Eric's? <laughs> like, what happened to everyone? <laughs> so it just started with that. It just started with me, like, in my in my joke writing and, like, bits just kind of being, like, you know, adding names to things because, you know, and it's something that I see a lot of people do. I probably picked it up from, like, better and more seasoned comics, and I kind of got out of the habit. But, like, sometimes it's just fun to say, fuck you, Kyle, or <laughs> God damn it, Eric. Like it, it changes the context just slightly. Yeah. You said you had something for Jameson in the book too. There was some name in there where I said, he's one of those guys that only drinks at authentic Irish pubs, but he strictly drinks Jameson and diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> some people who know me will, will read this and be like, see some like Ohio slash Columbus references, but like clearly kind of tried to be broadened for like an audience. So I think that was the only thing I wrote that was local-ish. I was like, it was probably an Irish name. I was like, sounds like he should be from Dublin, Ireland, but he's probably more than likely to be from Dublin, Ohio. So I was writing that specifically to be like, somebody could read this in San Diego and be like, you're fucking Dublin, Ohio. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, so after years of being a published journalist on a weekly or monthly basis and years of, writing jokes that I just say into a microphone and really have never really recorded in a proper way. I've never done a record. You know, I, I purposely kind of don't 
put a lot of my act out on YouTube because I'd like to keep getting paid to do it locally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I can't write this material fast enough to catch up with that. So this is really kind of like the first merging of like being published by a, by a, a real publisher, some other gatekeeper, but also like, you know, trying my hand at writing more kind of like prosaic, like joke forms, not meant for the state. Yeah. I'm taking that fucker to Kinko's though. <laughs> What a weird, what a weird underhanded move that will end up costing you more than it will make you. <laughs> you okay, bro? I got this hot off the press. Local Columbus comic turned author Travis Habersher. I'll give it to you for time instead of the eleven dollars you can pre-order. It I'd for. staple it together and like you know just charge seven. How about this? It's literally five and a half by five. It's not even a normal, regular book shape, so it might even cost you more from Kinko's on the, on the expensive preset. Also, why go to Kinko's? Everybody's got scanners now. Yeah, yeah it was a dated reference. <laughs> when did you just decide to, like, I'm going to write a fucking book, though? So I actually... so. So from from the bits, it kind of like started with this thing. I think I tried to write this as a joke, but it ended up just being something I riffed. I think in the mic one night. I think I said every every man who has a first name that is one syllable and it's not short for something is most likely an asshole. Yep. And I basically was kind of like, prove me wrong. <laughs> and so I just kind of turned into like Chad, Todd, Brent. <laughs> Blake. And people were just kind of trying to like throw it out there. And that eventually turned into what kind of became like a bar patio, green room, like parlor game that I started calling fuck Todd, <laughs> which is a great, that's a great name for a game. Yeah. And it would be just like, okay, start with a name. So somebody would just be like, Ooh, what about Joe? J O. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just riff. And, and when I say we, I mean, like, mostly not comedians. It was mostly, like, me and my other friends who were, like, really funny but don't, you know, perform or write. The smart and ones. And we would just go for hours. And I just kind of developed this this weird sort of game show style of doing it. Like, when I would see it kind of come to a conclusion and, like, somebody had a really good ender, not unlike, you know, like a an improv show, I'd be like, all right, what's Joe's nephew's name? <laughs> And just use that as a transition. And someone would be like, it's Brock. I'm like, yep, you're right. And every time I just be like, you're right. And then we just go right into the next day. So it's just something that we would do for like years. And uh, after I left the magazine, I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do right now. Maybe I'll just do some like creative projects. So I pitched, I pitched Fuck Todd to uh, $2 Radio, a publisher here in Columbus, Ohio. I actually kind of pitched it, I think, originally. I was like, maybe it's a book, like a gag name book. I was like, maybe it's just like a card box game, which I still haven't given up on that as an yeah. idea. Yeah, oh, that's great. He liked it. He liked it. But I don't know if it was like, you know, perfectly what they wanted to do at the time. And then like a year later, he was like, hey, we're going to do all these guide to books, a guide to naming your baby, a guide to vegan cooking. He's like, I think your premise works perfectly if you're willing to adjust it and do it as a baby naming guide and i was like sure <laughs> that's how it came about that's that's fabulous who's the photographer these for these pictures is there someone we know 
Well, the photographer is more of a curator, which is me and Two Dollar Radio gathering um, photographs from a lot of people that we know and friends of friends uh, for their their pictures from their childhood. Oh, that's awesome. So the cover photo is actually my good friend, Philip Kim, and that is him and his grandmother at his birthday party at McDonald's. There's a few stock images in there, but it's mostly like they're just weirdly sprinkled in like friends of mine from Columbus and friends of the publishers. It's a husband and wife team. Her name is Eliza. Eliza's actual photos of her and her sister are in there. There's a photo of their child, whose name is Maceo, which I love, but I also made sure Maceo got a shot in the caption. But yeah, it's such a weird collection of people being like, look, send me like the send me like your Hall of Famer. Like in fact, our good friend Dave Berkey, who we can all agree has one of the most catastrophic baby pictures of all time. <laughs> it's disturbing. Said he couldn't find a high res photo to send us to include in the book. And I was just like, You're just as useless as it looks like you're going to be in this photo. This is your moment. You couldn't even find a photo <laughs> of your like viral movie baby photo to go in your friend's baby naming roast book. Anybody that's uh, listening out there, you can go to two dollar radio dot com and check this out. They got a little preview there. And you can read about the author who you're listening to, who got a D minus in conduct in first grade. <laughs> that I did. <laughs> I did. I got a D. Did you? I mean, I'm older than you guys. Did you guys ever get like conduct grades on your report card? I don't remember doing that. I remember like we had like a card system, and like I I got like a black card one time, and I remember that was bad. <laughs> Soccer? Yeah, like yeah no, it was like this weird like soccer like penalty system where I pulled a black card and then I had to go like sit in someone else's class for you know the last three hours of the day or something. <laughs> it was like a little soccer hockey combo. They put you in the penalty box. Yeah, just like the other class. Yeah, it was like a it was like a speech therapy class or something too, and I was just like sitting in the back of the room while they were having their class. <laughs> I was like, damn, I really wish that I did not like throw my chocolate milk. Yeah, that's a really different, uh, stupid way of handling children's conduct in mind. You know, we got these old school report cards, and there, there would be like a grade there, just like, just like social studies and math, and it would just say conduct, and I just got a D minus with no notes, no explanation. My parents came home and they were just like, "What did you do?" And I mean, you guys know me; like, I'm not exactly like that wild radical like crazy person i don't really take risks no i was just like look i assure you i'm too much of a wuss to do anything that would nothing cool that would get you a d minus in conduct and apparently when my parents went to the parent teacher conference she just kind of let out a sigh which i now recognize to be pretty common of almost all women that have ever met me (laughs) all my relatives she was just like, ah, no, Travis, Travis is a good kid. He just comes in every single day, throws his coat on the floor, and then talks to every kid in the class at their desk before I can start the class. <laughs> and my parents were just like, oh, yeah, we knew that. Like, <laughs> like we knew he was that kind of asshole. But we thought like he was like violent, like a D minus. Oh, yeah. D minus in conduct without any context just sounds like you're running around cutting people's ponytails off and shit. 100%. You're like, I don't know, maybe make a note in there, like kind of irritating and bump that up to a C plus. (laughs) D minus is like very low on the scale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, I won't say where the end, but that teacher's name is somewhere in the book. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to buy the book so I can find out. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Agnes, but apropos of nothing, she was she was young. And once again, you can't be Agnes if you're young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not allowed. Maybe that's what happened. If you had like a first grade teacher that was like 82 and her name was Agnes, like. Maybe she started out as like a gem and then just got jaded <laughs> by a bunch of future comedians in her first grade class. They're like, you're Agnes now. You cool with that? She's like, all right. Voice <laughs> got deeper. Feels earned at this point. I often wonder, like, with names like Agnes and Bertha and Helga and things like that, like, were those names once considered attractive or, like, beautiful or something? Because it just seems like for as long as I've been alive, those have been considered, like, you know, kind of like, you know older people names right like these are the the, yeah. the butt of jokes and and movies and shit right I agatha know. well i think we definitely reached a point where it's like you know it got cool again to like name your daughters after like people's great grandmothers oh. you know and like like that that kind of came back around like yeah. it's kind of cool to be like meet like a one-year-old named opal <laughs> 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 so it's like it is. It's like you're like, oh, cool. That's like really classic. It's almost like a like a piece of thrift store jewelry, you know. Like, but that's the way kind of cycles and time works. If somebody was like, if this is baby Karen in 2020, they'd be like, for real, dude. Yeah, that would be weird in 2020. I just I just read an article actually that that Karen has dropped off of the map for names. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Bad to hear for Karen. And the funny part too is I wrote the intro to the book when I got signed to do the book, which was like in February. And then like really only did, I mean, I, I worked on it during the pand- pandemic, but not a whole lot because I wasn't feeling super creative or funny to be totally honest yeah. for obvious reasons. And then I sat there and just watched like the Karen thing blow up. And I was just like, Oh man, is this book like irrelevant now? Or like, or, or in some ways, even though it's been in the works for a while, like looks sort of like capitalistic or like, you know, uh, I don't know, like overly trendy. Yeah. Because Karen is actually in, and there's a reference to Karen and like speaking to the manager in the intro of the book. I left it in because I was just like, it all works. Yeah. I, I kind of debated about whether or not I should just like steer away from it or just own it and just be like, look, this isn't a book about Karen. It's like, there's a bunch of other terrible people your kids can just one thing thanks for writing this book it sounds like a fucking blast it was a good time it was really it was really fun to like like i said before it was really fun to write something that was comedic that was meant to be read not to be listened to yeah i think most of the stuff i've done has been you know podcasts live shows it was really fun challenging and kind of like scary to write something that was meant to be read and actually have like a shelf life yeah, hell yeah. yeah, you're doing uh, also doing uh, uh, Travia still, right at Land Grant? Yeah, um, we're trying to figure out exactly what that looks like now that things are now that the weather's turning. Because I mean, mostly I was, was kind of taking advantage of being able to do like an outdoor right. event. Yeah, but I am going to do I think a virtual trivia league for the winter. It's all pop culture trivia. Oh. Thing. So I'm going to try to build it out a little bit more in the winter months now that everybody's going to start kind of like, you know, hunkering down again. So, so I'll let you know when it happens, but I think it could be a really fun thing. It's easy. It's like, it's like multiple choice on your phone. Oh, like cool. everybody's on like a video call. 
that they're answering the phone, answering like the questions on their oh, phone. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. So I like to, I like to mute and unpeople. I don't like to mute and unmute people. Like cut them off, like a little bit like around the horn, like the old ESPN <laughs> show, and I like bust the balls <laughs> and praise them for being in first. It's pretty fun. That sounds fun. You're, I know you're always doing all this shit. You know, you're always doing something cool. But everybody, go to Two Dollar Radio and ch- and and buy this fucking book. And it may be available at Land Grant too. We're still working out the details, but it's a, you can pre-order it right now at Two Dollar Radio. Um, dot com. There's a few other spots it's available, and then it officially comes out. It's going to be released in other stores and other outlets November seventeenth. So you guys might be the uh, depending on when this comes out, you might be the first people talking about it. But uh, what I want to give my my friends on the local level. You know, a real solid look at it before it blows up with three other podcasts nationally. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that uh, I'm giving you a big boost here at Lampshade Media Presents. Absolutely, biggest boost there is. <laughs> man, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to us, man. No, thanks for having me on. Good chat with y'all. All you right. too, man. Later. All right, cheers, James. Cheers, man. I fucking love that dude. Yep, good guy. Yeah. So, uh, Jameson, I <laughs> this has just happened to me today. I come home, I got a fucking package on my doorstep. What's that? Oh yeah. I was I was drunk and probably stoned and I got a Facebook ad and uh and I bought some weird ass fucking knee pad. It was knee pads, but they had wheels on them. Okay? What the fuck? Yeah, okay. there was th- there was one in front of the knee and two next to the knee, right? And yeah. so I'm like, "Oh hell." That's tight because I can just wheel my ass around as I'm working from my knees. You know, that's tight. I think I paid 30 bucks and then I see this package on my porch and it's all ragged and torn the fuck up. Pick this thing up and open it. And it's like just a pad, but no wheels. And it's only one. (laughs) What the fuck? There's no receipt. There's no indication of what this actual business is. It's from China. Oh, I I bought something on Wish one time and it showed up and it was like the it was a T-shirt and it was like the size of my hand. It's <laughs> like this is gonna work out. <laughs> what? It was. Are you? Yeah. Are you saying seriously? Or are you being hyper? hyper I swear bothered? to God. Yeah. Like I ordered a T-shirt on Wish.com and I was like, all right, fuck it. It was like my first experience with Wish.com. I think. <laughs> Not like, a good. Since one. then, I've bought a couple things. Like I bought a giant Harold and Kumar got a White Castle poster because I needed it. You know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you uh, need that. But. But the t-shirt showed up, swear to God, it's like, it's like, you know, eight inches by five inches. It's tiny little thing. <laughs> that is amazing. What the fuck is that for? I don't know. I tried to put it on, though. It didn't work out. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's ridiculous. I did. I bought a t-shirt. It was, uh, it's already shrunk up past my belly button, but it was uh, a picture of the DeLorean and it said, Marty, whatever you do, don't go to 2020. And I was like, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute and of course that's i would good. buy that yeah that's the thing like since i'm not spending nearly as much money at bars and shit yeah. i've been buying a fuck ton of t-shirts yeah i, I hear you and there's uh there's a lot of cute pandemic t-shirts yeah very cute i bought a waffle maker oh hell yeah man yeah it's the kind that flips it kind of it flips Oh, like the hotel kind. Yeah, exactly like the hotel kind. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted the whole Belgian flippy deal. And Are you using uh, the hell out of it? I've used it twice. Um, it's not something I intended to use a lot, okay? I only intended to use it for, uh, you know, uh, 
a, a lazy Sunday morning kind of deal, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair, too. Yeah. I don't have... Here's the thing about my kitchen. I don't like appliances. I, I, I went without a microwave for a very long time, and my roommate wasn't having it, so he got one. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, want my kitchen space and I like doing things like in the oven. I like it old school, I guess, but, uh, I felt like a waffle maker if it was cool and flippy over and a whole production, you know? Yeah. Then I could do it. <laughs> so you want like appliances to cherish, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't like collecting appliances. I really don't. It makes me totally anxious. understand. Yeah. I got rid of my coffee maker in favor of the, uh, pour over, you know, porcelain oh yeah i'm doing the french press thing now which is it's fine it just takes too long i'm like i just want to push a button and have a lot of coffee yeah well back when i had a coffee maker i would sometimes set it the night before and then like just wake up to coffee made and now i got to do the whole pour over deal and and then also like i'm i kind of feel like a douchebag hipster every time and i think i am (laughs) fair Oh, dude, I caught a I I caught a picture of myself in the mirror the other day. I'm like wearing a jean jacket and an orange ski cap. My hair is all long. I got a goatee and glasses on. I'm like, what have I become? <laughs> dude, I do love my coffee the way I do it. I got my grinder mm-hmm. and my own little pour over situation, and it's easy to clean, you know. But yeah, I can see that it just looks ridiculous to everyone else yeah french press is just a pain in the ass it's like five different steps just like and then i have to like clean it every time because like you gotta take it apart and get all the like little parts because i don't want to fuck up my coffee and i don't think it's actually making that much of a difference honestly but like you push it in your coffee do i no 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 i i i i drink coffee that's good enough to be drank in black same yeah. Drinking or drink? Like occasionally, that's, it's like a, a waffle maker time for me. Like Sunday morning, sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'll throw a little, uh, little stuff in there, you know? But generally just black throughout the week. Yeah. I like I like just a nice, really light roast where you can taste some nuance and not just fire, you know? Yeah. I just picked up a new bag of beans from uh, Stoffs a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I love Stoffs. Last of me. Yeah, me too, man. Best coffee I've bought in a while. Oh, cool. My my favorite, I think, uh, place to go and hit up is in the short north, uh, One Line. One Line? I don't know that one. Yeah, it's in the short north. It's uh, kind of near uh, Buttles, I think, right down from okay. uh, Press Grill. Um, it's... Oh, okay. So, like, uh... okay, yeah. Yeah. That's real close to me too. I should go check that out one of these days. Yeah, one line is real good, man. And they have these uh these just these fantastic uh 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 roasts where you can just taste uh, you know, cherry and chocolate and all these different fruits and nuts and things and it's just so uh so nuanced and flavorful, it's delicious. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, I really, really enjoy them a lot. Not that, uh, you know, most, it seems like most roasters are in town are doing a great job, though. We got some really fantastic ones. But that's, Yeah, that's the thing about Columbus, man. If, if, if shit suddenly pops up and there's a lot of it, and you just think, like, oh, no, we're oversaturated with this bullshit, it usually ends up that, like, the majority of it's really good, you know? Yeah. Coffee shops, breweries. Yeah. yeah, I think breweries get the uh, the brunt of that kind of distaste, right? People are like, ah, breweries, yeah. there's so many breweries, right? Yeah. But 
I don't know, man. It's kind of fun having one down the street, isn't it? Absolutely. For people that don't live in the short north, I guess, or Italian village, yeah, fucking Victorian village. But right, there's like a new brewery popping up nearby now. It's just like, and now, like during all of this, I I think like I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would open up a, like a, a brick and mortar of anything right now. Right, you know? it does seem pretty sketch. But I guess yeah. the uh, it's the same reason people were like booking flights when COVID first ta- started. Yeah, totally. it's so cheap. Oh, so many friends of mine were just like, "Oh, dude, like let's just fucking pay twelve dollars and go to you know, like Bristol or some shit." Right, right. I yeah, there's so many people were saying that. And, you know, I've actually like had friends that went to Florida during COVID. Yeah, which seems insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who lives uh, in st petersburg florida and uh i don't know how the fuck he hasn't gotten covid yet oh wow! because like all of his like instagram posts and everything are just like these fucking packed houses just like nobody's wearing a mask everybody's dancing it doesn't fucking matter yeah you read all the reports of cases there it's just like dude i don't know how the fuck you're not sick well, it seems like like there was, what, five, maybe six people in Columbus that were moving to various cities in the country during, or like they were planning on moving to L.A. and Chicago and whatever during yeah. this thing. And, uh, well, Kyle Dowdy and uh, Sam Welch just moved to L.A., right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, or I think did Kyle, Kyle move to San, to San Diego? San Diego. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. And well, Dustin Meadows uh, and Michelle were gonna move to LA, and it seemed like uh, somebody moved to Chicago too. But like, just I uh, know mo- Garrett Snipes moved out to DC with the intention of going to New York soon. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a hard time to move. Yeah, I, and we've been thinking about it too. Especially like, I think it's when you're in your house all the fucking time, that's when you're just like, this could be better than it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, most people like took extra time before they moved because of everything. But at some point I think everybody was just like, Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah. It feels like if not now, when for a lot of things. So I get it. I'll tell you, it, it is really fucking fantastic having a, uh, a friend in LA though. Somebody that's got the inside scoop. I got somebody on the inside now. (laughs) On the inside in L.A., man. (laughs) That's helpful. I got somebody that knows all the stories, all the inside scoops, man. You ever heard the Welch Report? Sure haven't. (laughs) Well, you're about to, man. You're about to. You're listening to The Welch Report with Lampshade Media's own intrepid reporter, Sam Welch. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I knew it. Oh my God. You've got to be kidding me. They did what? What's the tea? Did you hear? So I'm sure you're familiar with the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney of the Beatles fame is dead. It's been a meme for decades now, a theory for decades now. Not true. (laughs) Because you know why? He never existed. What? (laughs) 
he never existed. None of the Beatles ever existed. None of them? No, not in the sense. Okay. Oh, my mom's gonna be so mad. <laughs> you can tell because of differences in photographs over the years. You can tell. Well, okay. So it depends on who you talk to. Um, what these people actually are. But here's the thing. So basically, the big music industry. It's easier to <laughs> big music <laughs> sell a brand than to sell like a person, right? So Pete, yes. Yeah, so somebody certainly did write "Let It Be," "Helter Skelter," all that. Somebody yeah, did, right? right? But it wasn't the Beatles. It was somebody else. Hmm. So, a couple different theories: Were they people that were cloned and put into the Beatles? Were these people murdered and put into the Beatles? Are you following me? A little, Jameson. You got any uh, thoughts so, yet? Yeah. No, this is sounding sounding pretty okay. legit so far. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it depends on who you talk to. So somebody produced these songs, but it's easier to hear a song from the Beatles, this big well-known brand, than Joe Schmo writes Let It Be. And you can tell because, oh well, if you talk to the people who think that the Beatles were clones of the people that wrote the songs, which is a possibility, they think that you can tell because clones apparently can only be 90 to 95% accurate to the person. So that's why you see differences in eyebrows, ears, hair, hairlines over the years, not because of aging, because it's cloning. Or were these people murdered? Because it depends. What were the end goals of the original people that the Beatles copied? So Joe Schmo, for instance, like whoever is the actual person that wrote this Beatles song, that Beatles song, because in all likelihood it was dozens of people. So we don't know songs. that it's not Joe Schmo. It could very well be someone named Joe Schmo yeah. because it was really dozens and dozens and dozens of people producing this music and the Beatles were just the face of it. Oh, so they're like gorillas? I'm not familiar with them. I am very young. Oh, yeah. Okay. I am five. <laughs> well, they're like an animated band. Oh, yeah. Okay, kind of then. Okay. Wait, for all intents and purposes. I never knew that. They're not actually a band? Well, it's like, it's Damon Albarn and, like, whoever he gets to work with him uh, from Blur. And then there's just, like, four animated characters that they made to represent what the band is. So, basically, oh, wow. it's it's the Beatles, again. But this time, less cloning. Yes. So, it kind of depends on how nefarious you think big music is. So, the clone theory is that... The original people were cloned, obviously, so whoever it is, we'll keep using Joe Schmo. So Joe Schmo was cloned. He wrote all these songs, but he never wanted to be famous, right? He wrote all these songs. He wants to put his music out there. Never wanted the fame, hmm. right? So Big Music cloned him and four, three other people like him to create the Beatles. Joe is living his best life, maybe, because he could be dead. I mean, the Beatles are very old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's just out there thriving or in a grave. You fucking and, millennials. Yeah, and he's just quietly collecting his royalties from the music industry. Or, if this is more nefarious, perhaps these people that actually wrote the songs of the Beatles did not want to do this. So, if that's the case, then the simplest explanation is that every person who wrote a Beatles song was murdered. Mm, yep. And then these are just four random guys that sing these songs. See, Holy that, shit. That seems like the most likely scenario to me. I think so, too. I think 
big music and capitalism murdered. We all know what record uh, industry rule number 4080, according to Q-Tip, record company people are shady. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of spooky. Like, it's a, it's the right time of year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just for, just for money. We have all these talented artists out there. Why try to promote 12 people when you can promote one group? Mm. That's actually really genius. I mean, that's pretty much the theory behind One Direction. That's exactly why. One Di Are you guys familiar with how One Direction started? No, no. Not a teeny bit. They were on yeah, some, I, I think it's like Britain's Got is. Talent or something. They were all separate contestants. All five of them were separate contestants on whatever European talent competition. And basically the judges got together and were like, so by yourselves, no. But you know what you should do? You guys should all be in a boy band. And then they blew up. Wow. Huh. And that's why they're all doing their own separate things right now because they all kind of knew. Yeah. The that there was an expiration was date on that. Going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're called One Direction uh, because they're heading in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that I just knew. I didn't even have to research this. I'm just talking about my One Direction knowledge. I don't, I'm not even really a fan. So, Sam, what, what does this mean for uh, Wings? wings yeah yeah i mean paul mccartney has gone on to wings well, now it's been a while since wings but yeah well yeah i'm sorry i, I don't know what that is it was a uh the next project he did with his wife linda mccartney you know band on the run and whatnot band on the run yeah it's been a minute since they've released some songs so i'm not gonna feel bad about that mm -hmm. <laughs> they haven't been active since 1981 though 16 yeah. years before i was born so... god damn it <laughs> so not super familiar no but seriously though like uh, you got paul mccartney who was allegedly in the well, beatles and then he goes on to do other things was he just a hired performer that just performed these songs or is paul mccartney fake entirely or what well here's the thing for at least the beatles these like all of the performances were they were recordings they were all lip syncs which which obviously that's a lot easier to fake yeah we have a lot of technology that can kind of show or fail yeah and didn't work out for ashley simpson or just performing like millie yeah. vanilli or regarding his next band probably that was just him and you can train yourself over the years to make your voice sound different like I mean, they have so much money. They're the Beatles, yeah. allegedly. You have so much money. You can do voice training. You can do music lessons, all sorts of things to make yourself sound more like, like a musician. But they already yeah. had the publicity. So you can lip -sync it's not your that way surprising to, victory. to me that they were able to have music careers afterwards. And whether they were real or not, that's probably up for debate in and of yeah. itself. But the Beatles themselves... All of those were likely recordings of various artists. George Harrison, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, like Ringo, they were all real living people. Or were they? I mean, yeah, what, that's my that's question. Is it, is it up for debate that they were actually human beings? Yes, it okay, is completely perfect. up for debate. Are they just actors, like actors that happen to be decent at playing the yeah. guitar? And, like, Ringo Starr doesn't have any backstory other than he's just, like, kind of, like, throwback to Katy Perry being John Bonet Ramsey. She can't just come out of nowhere. Okay. So is it somebody that was, like, very specifically, or, like, Avril Lavigne. See, the, the music industry has been doing this for years. Or, like, Avril Lavigne <laughs> was somebody, like, put into position as an actor and had to erase their entire actual identity, kind of like the witness protection program, but in music. Listeners, if you're curious, go back and listen to previous Welch reports. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm calling back onto my own lore. Or 
were there actual people that they are based off of or are they clones we simply do not know but we do know for a fact the beatles never existed okay yeah beatles never existed correct and not, none of the four ever existed they were just like not like in the way we know them created by the record company to sell the songs that they had already created in labs and stuff yep that is the facts trying to wrap my head around it it makes sense so sam it does make sense i'm 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 curious like i know that you are uh always ethical and always on top of your research but like you didn't just make this up to fuck with us right like other people actually like are are into this too yes there are people into this this is uh because like there are actual this is actually something that i found on the internet yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. That's awesome. So should we stop liking them now? Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, does that diminish what their music is, I don't necessarily think so, because I think it's always better to know the truth. Um, it's kind of like, uh, just because, now, close your ears, younger listeners, just because Santa Claus isn't real doesn't mean the spirit of Santa Claus is not real. Oh, wow, that's an interesting analogy. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. Do you say Santa's not real? Cause... I know, I'm really sorry to tell you this. <laughs> Jameson, you got to get hip to the Welch Report, man. Dude, that mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> not only were the Beatles not real, <laughs> wait till I fucking get started on Santa Claus. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I th- all this... Heartbreak. Everything that's happened in 2020, the whole time I was just thinking, well, like, December 25th, it's all going to work out. But nope. Yeah, that's right. Like, 2020 has been a hell of a year. The Beatles aren't real. Yeah. Santa's not real. Swiddle. John Lennon shows up with your fucking presence. The economy isn't real. No. Mitch McConnell's chin is not real. Sorry, I just wanted to get that dig in. <laughs> that was never real. No, never. It was never real. Much Democracy like... isn't real. No, nope. <laughs> much like the Beatles. Uh, what do you think, Jameson? Are you uh, you got any more you got any more questions about this? Or are you fully? Convinced? I don't know if I, like I'm I'm pretty convinced. Um. But I do have, like, an additional theory to throw into the fire here. Is there a possibility? Well, first of all, yes. like, let's saying they're clones. Are, are, I am not that familiar with how far cloning technology has come, nor how far it had come by 1964 or whenever it is that the Beatles formed. But, like, could they have all been made clones, like, amalgamations of different human beings who like I just want to know how much Charles Manson is in each of them. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, and that would be part of if um depending on how like depend that kind of depends on if any of these people were real or not, right? right? So if like if Paul McCartney is an actor based off of somebody named Paul McCartney, then no, it would just be like essentially copies of these people, right? Yeah. But if you're taking like dozens and dozens of songs from dozens of different artists and combining them into one person, then yes. So it depends on where you lie on the theory. Are there many? Are there many Beatles? Are there only a few Beatles? Hmm. You feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. But okay, so let Deep me ask stuff. you this then: uh, if if Let's say there are many multiple beetles that we can just sub in anytime one of them gets tired or whatever. Then why are two dead? Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. I mean because they run well, out of because 
then then the gig's up. Okay. What are they going to do, live forever? That's actually why there's a theory about Paul McCartney actually being dead. It's a red herring. Oh, right. They have to die at some point, uh, right? Unless huh? they're clones and not real people. Because if they all died at the same time, it'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, okay. Because they're all the same age, technically. Their personas are all, like, around the same age, slightly different ages. But when you think about how cloning works, more than likely they were all, like, born on the same day in the 60s. Yeah. As, like, 20-something-year-old men. Kind of like in Sims. In Sense? Sims. Like Sims, the game. Oh, I thought you were talking about incense, like... Yeah, you know, all cloning comes from incense, Mel. I was so confused, but I was already a little (laughs) confused because I'm so attached to the Beatles, you know? I mean, what's to be confused by? The Beatles don't exist. It's all been a ploy. To yeah, just... I mean, yeah, it's. Just, I mean, it's a myth like Santa Claus. You really shouldn't even See, feel bad about it because it's just it's just something that the music industry and we all as a society tell ourselves in order to make sense of the world that the Beatles are real, just like Santa Claus. Just like all the positive things that we tell ourselves in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, the Beatles exist. None of it was real. Damn. You're like, well, I was in a relationship, then you lose your relationship. Well, I was in a job, and then you lose your job. Yeah. Well, the Beatles are real. They're not. Damn. They're not. That's the dark truth. Wow. Well, way but it's to okay lay it on us gently. Was still influential. All I know is it's going to be really hard to break this to my mom. Beatles fan. Oh, loves the Beatles. Huge Paul McCartney fan specifically. I, you know, I wonder, Sam, do you think? we need to tell anyone is this one of those things where it's like yeah we know but you know everyone else is happy not knowing yeah you know that's what a i good mean question is it our responsibility to let the world know or can we let them live in blissful ignorance i think it depends on who you're telling do you need to break the news to somebody if it's going to crush them no well, i don't like, like it's kind of like mom. do you have like are you lying to a child when you tell them santa claus is real yes you are but do you need but do you need to break the truth to them if they're four or five years old? No. You don't have to. Just let them have fun with it, right? All right. All right. I'll hold on to that piece of information. But I don't like lying to my mom. So next time she puts on a Beatles album, she's like, oh, my God, I love the Beatles, this totally real band. I'm going to You're going to start sweating. <laughs> but they're real to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's re- it was real to her. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what counts. Well, Jameson, you convinced? I'm, like, pretty convinced that the Beatles are bullshit now. Pretty convinced? Yep, pretty convinced. <laughs> well, Sam Welch is very convincing. She is, uh, I think you have, Sam, I think you have a 100% uh, success rate on convincing people. I uh, mean, I did debate for two years in high school, so that's not surprising. Yeah, well, the, you know, the those high school debaters are, like, hella tenacious. Mm-hmm. Well, how's uh, how's Hollywood treating you, Sam? It's gorgeous. I love it very much. And my dog loves it very much. I'm actually currently in Colorado. Oh. I'm very excited to go back home. It's beautiful out there. There's outdoor mics every night of the week. Oh, that's... I can walk oh, around. Dude, I'm so it's gorgeous. I'm just happy. <laughs> really happy to be there. That's so cool. Well, I'm very happy to have an intrepid reporter based in uh, Los Angeles. You know, that is really, uh, really, really great for us here at Lampshade Media. So thank you so mm-hmm. much. Because who else would have told you about the Beatles? Uh, there's no one. No. Not the UK. UK is keeping that under the hat. They want to perpetuate that mm-hmm. myth until we're all on our deathbeds. That's right. 
Well, Sam, we will talk to you next time. Thank you again for a wonderful Welch Report. You are so welcome. All right, later. Sam Welch. Sam Welch. Yeah, man. The heir to Uh, the juice. (laughs) Every time I talk to her, she's in a different state lately. I don't know. Like, she's definitely not afraid of COVID. Well, she's going across (laughs) America to give you the full reports, man. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Like, she's from Montana. She's mm-hmm. in Col- Colorado right now for some reason. She lives in L.A. She used to live here a couple months ago. Like, this this woman is a traveler. I feel like she's the only person I've ever met that's actually from Montana. Is that right? I think so, yeah. They don't, don't travel like... in Montana, do but they? But I haven't been out of Columbus a whole lot, honestly. You like to travel, right? Oh. I I do. I do. I'm I can't say that I am like the biggest of travelers or anything like that, but I've been around and I love doing some uh some some road trips and my I've only gone out of out of the country like as a child a couple of times to Canada and a, and a couple of mission trips to Mexico, but then recently la- a couple of years ago I went to Colombia for a two and a half week back to backpacking trip. Oh, nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've talked about it before on the show a little bit. It was kind of a life changer, man. It was like really cool. It was uh a culture cultural experience, you know. I got to see how, you know, people lived because we were riding the bus with people, you know, and we were, you know, uh staying in hostels with other travelers, which is also a different experience, but um it was man, it was amazing, you know. It's I I I definitely want to do more of that. Yeah. Do you uh, do you you don't get out of town much? Not a whole lot. I've I've never been out of the country for sure. I was uh, planning on oh wow, I'm breaking that bubble in uh, late April actually because my girlfriend she was born in Belarus, and oh cool yeah. Where is that? Uh, it's like uh, Russia. Okay. <laughs> it's like a little Russia-ish. lower maybe. I don't know. Let's go with that. Uh, if yeah. you pointed it, if she brought a map in here right now and made me find it, I would, but. I can't describe it. You've been trained. I've been trained. But so uh, <laughs> she hasn't been back since she left in 1996, right? And so we were going to go, uh, and I was going to meet, like, her extended family and everything in late April. And then uh, everything happened, and then it was just like, don't fucking travel. And even if you did, we probably wouldn't let you in. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're so I put a damper on that plan. So that was the plan. But generally, like, I, I've, you know been in new york i've been to texas florida yeah chicago vegas once so it's pretty yeah legit. what did you think of vegas i dude i had a blast in vegas i did not think i was gonna like it at all either because like huh. i'm not a big gambler i did have fun there i had fun there i gambled there a little bit i don't enjoy gambling but i do enjoy poker and i lost mm-hmm. uh i think 200 bucks in poker yeah and uh then just stopped you know, because I was like, that's enough. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> oh, I, I had to pull but, Anna away from tables a couple times. She's like, babe, you've lost so much. But she was doing really well. There was one day that she was just like up all day. And and we just like wrote it all out. And then we went to, uh... <laughs> I remember she, she won like 200 bucks on a slot machine. We were like, fuck yeah, man. We got our day set. Right, and nice, uh, yeah. We went to another casino, sat down at the blackjack table, lost it all in like three minutes, and we went to Del Taco. 
<laughs> so it's a chicken winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> loser loser del taco motherfucker yeah. del taco was fantastic i was really glad i got to try we're, get, time we're getting one here in town you don't even have to you don't even have to leave columbus we're getting one no, we're, we're getting, getting one here I'm soon about that yeah, I had one in San Diego. I went to San Diego when I was uh, like married a few years, mm-hmm. and uh, we went down there for two weeks, and that was uh, pretty fucking tight. Like that was a fun experience, you know. I, I love going and here's the thing though: when I travel, I want to live. You know what I mean? I want to kind of like do their shit. Yeah, I you know what that. I mean. I, I you don't yeah, want to be really, a tourist. I I do. I I'm not necessarily afraid of being a tourist, but I just don't want cheesy shit. Right. Exactly. I don't want balls of string that are bigger than you've ever seen or some, you know what I mean? Like, no, I want to know what's interesting about this fucking neighborhood, you know? Yeah. I want to know where like a good burger spot is everywhere I go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or what's the, what's the weird shit here? You know, what's the interesting, like unusual things you wouldn't expect or like things you can't find everywhere else. Right. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I took a uh, acting class in Chicago for a little while. This was like 2013 or something, and like as soon as and we hadn't traveled either of us much at all at that point. And uh, as soon as we got off the bus the first time, like just to find our comfort zone, we had to go to the comic book store. And that's the thing that I do when I travel now. Just like find wow, the comic cool. book store. That's real tight, man. Because they're the same everywhere, you know. Are they? Kinda, you know, like you, you're gonna walk in, and you're gonna see see the same thing. You're gonna see like fucking nerds fighting about continuity and bullshit, or you know, <laughs> weird little statuettes. Something about are a Star Wars. Star Wars. Something yeah, about Star Wars. Wars. And it's just comfort, you know. Just feels like home. <laughs> I uh, I found in Chicago uh, there was this really weird thing. It was this store. We walked. We were walking through some different neighborhoods in Chicago when I went there. And just exploring, you know, we figured out how to use the L or whatever, or the train. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at some point we learned that the ticket we bought for the train also got us on the bus. So we didn't have to fucking walk for blocks. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I was so I felt so stupid the first time I learned that. I was like, oh, my God, we've been walking past how many bus stops? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we, uh, you know, we, we, we found we, we happened upon this store that was like a spy store. And it was I can't even remember what the name was. It was something clever and weird and enticing, but it had to do with being a spy. Hmm. And I'm just like, OK, I got to see what the fuck this is. So I go in there and what it actually seemed like to me at first was like uh, a place for stoners to buy stuff to hide weed in yeah but but what it actually was was a uh, a creative writing workshop for children and the it, it had a front and the front was that it was a store for spies what? so they had coke cans that you could unscrew and yeah. like hide shit in and stuff like that thus my impression um, and they had a bunch of stuff like that, sneaky stuff, you know, yeah, sly yeah. stuff and shit like that. And I'm just like looking around. I'm like, what the fuck is this place? And then it turns out it's a creative writing workshop for children that's sponsored by some sort of, uh, uh, charity that is trying to educate children, you know, huh. give them a place to express themselves. And Seems then like a weird place to do that though. Right. 
I mean, what Chicago? <laughs> no, just like <laughs> you're also finding a little like hideaway stash boxes and shit. Well, yeah, I don't think they intended them to be places to stash weed, but that's where my mind went, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> They're getting money from tourists like me buying the shit, you know, to support the program. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool, man. And I love little stuff like that. And it also just really makes sense that Chicago would be the place to focus on creative writing so strongly, you know? Does it? Is there yeah. a well, well I mean yeah, the I guess... whole improv scene and, and yeah. Second City scene. there and and uh, yeah, man, there is a lot of that. So where's on your list? What my travel list? Yeah, yeah. Where are you wanting to go? Oh man. Other than know, man. other I'd than like Anna's go, hometown. Uh, I could like to go to Italy at some point in time. You know. Oh hell yeah. You um, you're Italian, right? Yes, sir, yeah. Italian Irish and uh such yeah. I mean, the only reason I know that is I listened to a recent episode of uh, Squeezecast, or actually Plus Time. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and you guys were talking about the fact that you're Italian. I was like, wait, he's Italian? I know, it's weird with my first name. You wouldn't even think it. Well, Rogers isn't necessarily Italian at all, Yeah, right? it was changed to Ellis Island. Uh, it was Ruggiero. Actually, there's a, there's a... Oh, no shit. Yes, sir. Yeah, there's a comic in Dayton who is actually my distant cousin. I found out, John Ruggiero. Wow, that's fucking interesting, man. So they basically just angelicized it or whatever, anglicized it? Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, like, a lot of people, you know, coming to Ellis Island, they just, you say your name, and they're just like, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna put this down. So. But the people actually, like, continued on with it yeah even though... it's funny like um when my parents got married they asked my grandfather if they could change it back and he was like i don't know rogers has been good enough for me man <laughs> you know hmm. what does that say to you i don't know i think uh, well honestly probably that there was a lot more kind of like racism toward them um just being italian off the boat back in those days you know well yeah there was a shit ton of racism towards italians absolutely so I think like having this name was that, your... that just kind of nondescript probably, you know, provided a little safety for people, you know? Oh, okay. Was and your grandpa like how I mean, how many great great grandfather or no, my great grandfather. Uh was uh my great grandfather. So just three generations ago it would have been Ellis Island? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Oh wow, okay. Man, it's amazing. Uh how close we are to some of the stuff that seems right. so far it's, away. I mean, like yeah, that. exactly. History just seems like this huge, you know, American history specifically, just seems like such a long fucking time. And if you look at yeah. it in the grand scheme of things, it's not at all. Because I think and, and it, when it comes to, like, uh, some of the race issues in America, mm-hmm. I feel like people think it's, like, ancient history. And it's like, no, no, that's not even a hundred years ago. No, I mean, and all honestly, like, open your fucking eyes right now, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I my family is incredibly, uh, ridiculously conservative, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, and I'm trying to talk to them about some of this stuff, and they don't even understand. They don't even think. They don't even think there is a problem with race right now. And I'm like, no, this shit is not that old. You know what I mean? This is like there are generational issues right now that we're still dealing with in a big, bad way. And just open your eyes and look and you'll see it. But they think like, oh, no, that was in the, you know, slavery was over in 1860 something. Right. Yeah, exactly. People. Some people are just like 
unwilling to open their eyes to the realities of what is happening currently. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that this show is called the Brown Power Hour, when I when 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 Pinock first presented that, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. But then I was like, I'm a little nervous because of, you know, and I talked about this with Gilly. I actually talked about it with Pinock and Gilly because mm-hmm. I was so nervous that that I would be I'm a white guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 I don't want to be like, you know, cause any like weirdness or anything like that. And then at some point when I was on the uh, episode with Gilly, I kind of realized like, no, fuck yeah, the Brown Power Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Brown Power, dude. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh, no, this is the shit right here, you know? No, I can fucking get down with this, you know? Because, like, this is what we need is is white people saying, yeah, fucking, yeah, more power for brown people. Fuck yeah, brown power. Absolutely, Exactly. Dude. You know, I, I'm, I'm really happy you're into, the, you're into the title, man. I'm super into the title. And also, Gilly has never steered me wrong ever. So I think, I think you got to keep it, <laughs> right? He... I, I I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. He actually like during his episode last time he was talking about this where he's he said he grew up with a lot of assholes and that assholes will tell you the hard truth and make you feel bad for a second but make you better in the long yep. run. But dicks won't say anything and they'll just let you go. Exactly. <laughs> Gilly is the smartest fucking person in the world, I think. Is that right? I think so, dude. He's a fucking shaman, that guy. He seems like good people to me, man. I, I, I don't know if I want to, like, throw smartest in the world because we got some, like, people uh, making magic electric and shit like that oh, out there. But All right. I'll say wisest. Does that work? Oh, uh, yeah. He's wise. Yeah. yeah. He's got the wisdom. I uh, I don't know, man. I feel like this is – we're going forward. We're, we're moving on, and I feel like I'm having some real growth, and that's exciting. And – you know, when my uh, ultra-conservative family listens to this podcast, maybe the fact that it's called the Brown Power Hour will make them uncomfortable in a good way. There you go. What's your family's stuff like in that way? My dad's conservative, but he doesn't like the the, the dude in the White House or anything. Oh, so it's not as hard on you then? Yeah, I mean, and my mom, like, it's weird, too, because, like, my, my mom is a Democrat. So growing up, it's been it was nice because we could kind of see both sides of things. And uh, we all ended up pretty liberal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my mom's not uh, real happy with my my newfound liberalism, and you know it's I, it's only been in the past year or two that I've actually felt comfortable calling myself a liberal. Mm-hmm. I'm that. I guess I'm that new to it, but uh, I don't like having to choose a team. I just like yeah the, the fact that. One side is promoting things that I feel are human, and the other side yep. is promoting things that are just gonna fucking line their pockets, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not super like politically informed or anything either, but like this is shit that you can see on the fucking surface, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying like the Democratic Party is tops either, you know? Like, but one side at least pretends to give a shit. I mean, they're at least pretending right now, and that's yeah. what makes them better, I feel like. I feel like we we definitely, man, we got to fucking do shit, man. We have got to do something. We have got to change the system. We have got to revolutionize something because this shit is fucking awful. I'm so tired right 100%, now. 100%, dude. We have to change the fucking system because this shit is fucking atrocious. 
the options that we have for the past how many fucking years, like since, I mean, Obama is the last like shining light, you know, and he wasn't even perfect, like by a no. long stretch, you know, with with the drone strikes and war and shit. But like these options we've had with with Trump and Hillary, fucking Trump and Biden, what the fuck? I know, right? It's like who what the is... fuck is happening? Yeah, it's like when you watch uh, a sitcom on CBS where you're just like, who is watching this? Who wanted this? Yeah, yeah, nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted this. I don't know what's happening, but I just, uh, I've just i just had uh, uh, some really, really intense debates with my family recently mm. who I found out, very alarmingly, are into the QAnon shit, man. Oh. And I don't know if listeners, if you're into this QAnon shit, you need to go fucking educate yourself because it's goddamn nonsense. And I'm sorry, you're just going to have to like, is. you're going to have to like read some different sources, you know, think about the fact that the, these could also be bullshit. Absolutely. It is, uh, it is, it is just, oh my God, it's so terrifying, dude. I don't know, man. Are you managing well? Ask me, am I, am I managing well? Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> During this fucking craziness, like, we are, like, going through the fucking shit right now, dude. I'm doing it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's hard, man. Like, I am so, I am so terrified that, uh, of, 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 ever, of all the possibilities, of all of the, the divisiveness and all of the hatred that is yeah. being, uh, amplified right now. It is just a, uh, it, it is a really intense time to be alive, man. It's the stupidest time to be alive. It is the stupidest time to be alive. And it is yeah, it's terrifying that we have to do this all like inside and not even be able to kind of talk to each other. And because you know what? Like a lot of the, the, the fights that we're having on Facebook and shit is just like other shit masked up to, you know, it's all just we're fighting about the same things because we can't talk about human shit anymore. You know, you can't yeah. just like go out uh, and and see some friends at a bar or whatever and meet some new people. And yeah, it's just it's really hard to to feel like everybody is human anymore. <laughs> you know, it is. Yeah. I went to a socially distanced concert recently mm -hmm. on a date and I knew the performers, you know, they were friends of mine. It was uh, uh, Carly Fratian from Souther and Lindsey Jordan of Lindsey Jordan fame. It was at Natalie's. They're doing these socially distanced shows. They're outside. It's all, you know, fantastic. It's well done. They're, you know, wearing masks and they're respecting people's space. And it's outdoors so the wind blows the shit away, blah, blah, blah. And after the show, I'm like, okay. I guess I just got to walk away now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I have, I totally. have friends yeah. at the, the show, the and I'm friends with the performers, you know, and I can't, like, go and hug them, and I can't, like, talk about the fun parts of the show or whatever, you know? Yeah. But at least there's people like fucking uh, Jameson Rogers and hey. Actual Wolves putting out content. Doing stuff. Making, yeah, you're making doing, it uh, easier. Is what I'm trying You're to do doing uh, plus time, right? What's that? Plus time? Plus time. Yes, sir. That's yeah. The getting us through the pandemic, or what's the tagline? Uh, plus time, a comedy live stream to get us all through this. Yes. Yeah. That's what we need. That is what we need. Thanks, man. <laughs> Where do people hear that shit, man? 
Uh, you can get it if you follow the SqueezeCast page on Facebook or if you follow uh, SqueezeVid on YouTube. We do a new show every week, unless we're not. Sometimes we take a week off. Uh, basically, it's just me and my brother. Uh, he draws stuff, and like he he he's a uh, illustrator. He draws like uh, cartoons and stuff for our uh, transitions. We do these little animated segments. He will draw stuff during the show, like based on the conversation. It'll show up as a transition later in the show. Uh, it's been really fun just playing games with people and just like trying to find the good. Yeah, it seemed like it was fun because uh, the games you threw in there and the little, uh, yeah, it's not just a straight conversation. Mm-mm. And uh, you got some little uh, twists and turns along the way. And you're talking to fun people in town that are doing interesting shit too. So that's cool. Yeah, it's been nice to. F- kind of scratch the comedy itch and also feel connected still. Yeah. Yeah. Community is a big part of the deal too, especially with, uh, you know, if you're into local entertainment, it's more than, it's more than entertainment. It's like, you're also, you know, usually like get to talk to the comics on the patio outside, you know? Exactly. Like it's entertainment and, and, you know, social times is the same thing when you're a comic, you know? It's the same itch. Well, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. It's just like Travis was saying earlier when, you know, he got his D minus for conduct. It's because he wanted to talk to everybody in the room mm-hmm. before class started, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's the same. It's the Yeah, it's totally. I totally get it. Well, let's keep doing shit, man. <laughs> yeah, just uh, keep on going. That's all we can do because yeah. eventually it'll be funny. That's what we like to say on Plus Time. comedy is just tragedy plus time so yeah that's that's a great way that's a great way to to phrase it eventually it'll be funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh that's fantastic man well where can uh where can people uh let's give us your pluggables one more time man uh you can watch plus time on facebook if you follow the squeeze cast page we go out every tuesday at 8 p.m um or you can find it on youtube at squeeze vid and uh, follow actual wolves on youtube and facebook because uh, we have a new show coming out uh, pretty soon i'm not sure when you're going to put this out but it'll probably have already happened and i don't know man keep your keep your eyes peeled i guess don't actually do that because i feel like that's going to be surgery but that could be dangerous yeah, yeah. Clockwork orange shit. Mm-hmm. And follow me on stuff. Just do that. Yeah, I guess. I don't do on Twitter. the socials and what I got. I got Instagram, but I haven't looked at it in about three weeks or so. So, you know, do do what makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely check out check out Squeezecast and check out the uh, Plus Time and check out fucking Actual Wolves. And uh, and that'll make you happy, I think. <laughs> but anyway, Jameson, thank you so much for talking to me, man. It's been a goddamn blast. Back at you, man. Thanks a lot. All right. See you, man. See ya. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden. <laughs>